you know the gospel has the power to raise economies and totally demolish them? Find out how on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey, thank you so much for joining us here at Inverse. In the studio, we have my friends here around our classic Inverse uh, plexiglass table. Yes. And on a new set here, not really a new set, we have new colors, and we're just very excited that you decided to join us here on the study of the book of Acts. We are in the midst of chapter 18, 19, 20-ish, around there, and we're going to spend some time wherever the Holy Spirit leads. That's one lesson that I'm really, really realizing that even though we have no idea what we're talking about, it's just to follow the Holy Spirit and, and He'll bless us in some way. Amen. Uh, let's have a word of prayer because that's how we get started here. And Siku, can you pray for us? Sure. Let's pray. Loving Father, we're thankful for the guidance of the Holy Spirit as we study your word. We pray that it won't be our own devisings, our own thoughts that come out, but that we would truly understand what you mean to convey to us through Scripture. Bless us as we study now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Kelly, can you read chapter 20, verse 24? Yes. Acts 20, 24 says, But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy, and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And Jared, what is going on here? Where are we in? What have we covered so far? And kind of set us up to our discussion. Yeah, talking about a race, Paul is all over the place, right? We traced through his first and second missionary journeys, um, saw him getting in disputes with people and disagreements, taking on new disciples, uh, being encouraged, being challenged, moving forward in faith. Um, here he starts uh, launching out of Antioch and spending a significant amount of time in Ephesus and really having some interesting uh, encounters. scenarios, encounters <laughs> happening yeah. to him along the way. Yeah, let's start from 1822, chapter 18, verse 22. And the Bible says, When he landed at Caesarea and gone up and greeted the church, he went down to Antioch. And verse 23, after he spent some time there, he departed and went over the region of Galatia and Phrygia in order, strengthening all the disciples. And he visits a lot of other cities. We spent some time in, in the city of Ephesus uh, for this study. But it's very interesting. Verse 23, I mean, he's covering about 1,500 miles in one sentence. And I just think that's just a very <laughs> legendary funny verse. Like, yeah. yeah, we just went all over China, all over Asia, and all over the world. And then we came, you know, it's just so a very... encourage people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. So let's go to uh, chapter 19, verse, verse uh, 1 through 10. And Siku, can you read that for us? 1 through 10? Yes, please. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about twelve in all. And he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples, 
reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. And this continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Yeah, I think it's really cool that uh, Paul, when he goes somewhere, he's there for a long time. There's a long-term investment. This isn't some kind of sanctified tourism. He's going into some mission trip for a week and then blasting out and never seeing them ever again. He's there, committed for two years. And here in verse 9, he's at the school of Tyrannus, and there's... Some active, he's using that as a center of influence, if you will, mm -hmm. and doing some active ministry. But from uh, chapters 1 through 7, Callie, can you kind of give us, give us a little bit of a short synopsis on, on what's, translate the, that story for Verses us. Verses 1 through 7, Yeah, 1 said. through 7, what's going on? Yeah, so Paul is doing his ministry, comes mm -hmm. upon some disciples, and he's like, I don't know, like kind of checking their theology or checking their experience. Like, so have you, you've got the Holy Spirit and no. Mm -hmm. So he explains it to them and he ends up baptizing them and they receive the Holy Spirit. And again, the, the gift of tongues comes upon they prophesy, which is kind of the theme of what yeah, happens when they yeah, do ministry. Yeah. And it's again, just confirming their experience. So he stays there. Uh, it says for, he spoke boldly in the synagogue for three months in verse eight. Uh, some people didn't believe, but he still stayed there and he continued to do ministry. So yeah. kind of like a zoom in on the ministry of these, these few people about the Holy Spirit and the kind of zooms out like and then he continued doing these crazy things for a long time yeah yeah, yeah. Siku, why why baptism here why why is baptism all of a sudden a focus in this passage well it's it's important to realize that paul in, in talking to these people um it's well can i backtrack like before the why baptism <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, okay. um there were people who believed and and were being faithful to the way but they didn't have full knowledge mm. right of of Christ's ministry of what Jesus had come to, done, come to do. And these people were baptized into the baptism of John the Baptist, they had said. John came and he was preaching the gospel, which is the same gospel that Jesus was preaching, but there was more light that was revealed during Christ's ministry. And so as he's speaking to them and he realizes there are certain things that they hadn't come to understand. And it seems like these things that they hadn't come to understand, specifically the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the coming of the Holy Spirit, which Jesus had promised mm -hmm. during his ministry, it, it was so uh, revolutionary mm. that they wanted to recommit their lives to this teaching that they had now learned. Because mm -hmm. baptism is saying that I, I've heard what you've said. I believe it. I want to die to this old self and I'll be resurrected into this new truth, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're saying that we want to have this experience to say that we accept the baptism that Jesus spoke of and this gift that he promised, which is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so they are baptized again because they have now received a new light that has so dramatically shifted their lives. So let's look at some of our speakers who are our speakers, our listeners out there who are, <laughs> we're, we're, we're speaking. Anyway, the, who, who are out there. And baptism is a very important component in the Christian's life. Mm -hmm. It is not a graduation. It is not a, an achievement. Mm -hmm. It is merely the beginning of a willing walk with Jesus, yeah? Mm -hmm. Now, Jared, how does, how does re-baptism work in all of this? So, mm -hmm. Siku really emphasized a lot, a revolutionary perspective. And here, this I think this is one of the few passages that talks about mm -hmm. rebaptism. Yeah. And should there be anyone out there who's thinking about, man, I've had a revolutionary experience watching Inverse, maybe watching the Hope <laughs> Channel, or, or maybe some other online, or maybe talking with their neighbor. What Guide us through that step a little bit. If yeah, I, I think it's a little bit different for everyone. It's sure. not necessarily one formula. But yeah, certainly if there's been a significant uh, deepening, as Siku mentioned, in doctrinal understanding, in the teachings of Scripture, 
but also I would say in addition to that was their personal experience in experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. giving them victory, the expression of their gifts, and walking more closely. It, mm -hmm. it, it didn't nullify anything that they had before. It didn't nullify their commitment to the message of John, mm -hmm. perhaps the repentance that they experienced in, in going through that baptism, mm -hmm. but it, it, it was opening a, a new chapter mm -hmm. to a new life and experience with Jesus. And for that, uh, it was appropriate for them in this context, baptized. to be baptized yeah. again okay. and to renew that. Okay. So I would say, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, anyone who might be might be wrestling and thinking with this, it, it would be important for you to you know to pray through it and consider and say, God, are you encouraging me to take the next step? Now, we don't we're not rebaptized every time we sin or something. So that's yeah. not that's not what this or, passage or, is saying. Or not every have, time you learn something. I can't learn true. new Bible verse. I need to be baptized. This is yeah. a significant. <laughs> this is a very significant step that they're making here. There's some parts in the world where rebaptism is occurs only after you sinned this incredible, terrible sin. Yeah. Uh, that that this is a public sign of repentance, and we we see no sign of that. Yeah. Uh, there's some places where I've been to, and I asked, "Hey, if if you so feel so inclined by the Holy Spirit, how many of you want to get rebaptized?" And some people came to me afterwards and like, "You can't call out people for their incredible sin that they've." That they've committed, and and I was like, "What? I, what are you? What are you talking about?" So we 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 would read, we would read this passage, and there's there's no sign of that. And mm -hmm. this is and like I love what you said. This is a everyone's experience is a little different, yeah. and uh, and I love what you said. It's a revolutionary experience. Um, Callie, any other practical things you can see from that <laughs> that uh, that passage? Oh, I think one you did already touch on it, but it bears repeating, mm -hmm. and that yes. is just that Paul spent time here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in verse nine says he, or sorry, verse eight, he boldly spoke there for three months. Verse ten, this continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus. That mm -hmm. that probably takes a while to get that done. Um, <laughs> and so I think about when I started campus ministries at the community college I went to, the first two years um, of college, and I kind of got there. I'm like, all right, so I'm gonna get like three people baptized, and like the first six months and then three more people baptized the next six months and then we're just going to keep going and this is where uh, that didn't happen and I was very discouraged because I just wanted to have I guess these very tangible fruits for my ministry really fast mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't work that way I wasn't converted I wasn't you know brought to my experience of the Lord that fast it took, took a long time because I'm stubborn um, and so for other people, it takes a long time to, you know, teach them and then disciple them and then help them be established there. So taking that time to do ministry and even like, even just the small things like Paul's going to have a conversation with these people and check in on their, you know, have you heard of the Holy Spirit? Do you know about the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. Like he's right. checking in with them. And that just shows that Paul isn't like, cool, can I like dunk you really quick and like put you as one of my, my scores. Yeah. But Paul is concerned about people's individual walks with Jesus. And that takes not only intentionality, but it takes time. Yeah. And, and just to go back to, to that verse that you commented on in chapter 18, how it, it kind of, in one verse, you yeah, sweep through like all of this activity that happened. Um, that Paul, sometimes when you read Acts, there's so much happening that it, it feels like you would think this all happened like in two years. Yeah. And then this happened, and then he went here, and then he went here. But yeah. Yeah. But it's very action-packed. Yeah. Just punctilious though. staccato all throughout the passage. Mm -hmm. yeah. voila. But in verse 10, he was there for two years, yeah. right? In one verse, it says, and he continued there for two years. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, can lose, uh, we can lose perspective, like Kelly mm -hmm. was talking about, about the time that it takes in doing ministry and the, the, the spaces in between, I guess, the action-packedness. Mm -hmm. yep. um, and I think it's like that throughout Scripture sometimes. Yeah, you know, we can feel like my Christian walk ought to be like, 
um, Abraham on the mountaintop with Isaac all the time. But <laughs> there were years in between events that happened. And in that space in between, Paul is being faithful and mm -hmm. he's being diligent looking out for the souls that he's ministering to. Yeah. Um, and I was sharing with Kelly before we came on uh, on this episode that in my experience, one of one of a regret that I have mm -hmm. um, looking back is sometimes ministering to people. And then once they got baptized, it's like, OK, they got baptized. See you later. Good job. Laters, <laughs> you know. Um, but Paul would come back and check on the people that he'd mm. been ministering to mm -hmm. and periodically go and spend time with them, check how they're doing, how's, what's their progress like. It wasn't, uh, let's dunk them and I'm done. Yeah. But he was actually concerned about people's souls, not just getting numbers in baptisms. Amen. Yeah. Well, just like how Paul checked back with all of his, his uh, listeners, we check back with us after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back. We're just trying to be like Paul here and we'll make sure that you guys are still tracking with us. We're going to go a third time, you know, a third missionary journey. Amen. Hey. Um, one thing that really I like from this passage is in verse 2, chapter 19, verse 2 of Acts, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to them, uh, him, we have not so heard as much whether there is a Holy Spirit. This is kind of shocking yeah, because the Holy Spirit, I mean, all throughout the, the book of Acts, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, born on Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. By the way, have you had the Holy Spirit? We don't Never know who he is. Yeah, right? Well, then you need to get, you know, and this is the context for, for rebaptism. Mm -hmm. The other cool thing is that there are other entities out there who are still doing the Lord's work. Mm -hmm. And just because they're not of your fault, and Jesus talked about this as well, right. but our, our job is to have those eyes that Jesus did and not compare, not contrast, not judge, mm -hmm. but try to incorporate and, and share knowledge yep. and, yeah. and uh, the they're Holy Spirit. Probably that, there, that there are people who, who don't, ha don't know the truths that we necessarily know, but mm -hmm. doesn't make them evil right. necessarily. Yeah. Right. But it's, it behooves us then to share with them the mm -hmm. news that we have. Yes. And to realize that sometimes we are those people. Right. Yeah, we are, right. We are, right. We are on that side. And to have yes. a level of humility when we're yeah. acting with we other people learn. that, you know, I need to grow too. Sure. Amen. Let's move forward to the actual riot that's happening. And this is a, this is a very incredible passage because there's a lot of weird stuff, the supernatural stuff going on yes. also. But on a human level, I mean, the entire, I mean, I'm jumping the gun here, but the entire economy of a society <laughs> has crumbled because of the gospel message. Yes. And they weren't happy about it. And they either. weren't no, happy about it. Thing. And it just shows you that the, the, the religion, spirit, gospel, Christianity, the Bible, this thing that we're doing, this, this whole ecosystem, it's not some side optional hobby. Mm. This has social, political, economic repercussions. Not that we're involved in all social issues, all economic, but it gets, it trickles down to everything in real life as well. Uh, I, I know we haven't actually had the text yet. So yeah. yes. But, um, you know, sometimes as Christians, you can get frustrated with hap what's happening, you know, socially, economically, you know, politically. Um, but what you just said, like the hope is 
if we can impact people's lives, like when people's lives are transformed, it's going to change the way they buy, yeah. right? It's going to change what they buy, what, they, what they, their conscience is going to be pricked walking into a store and engaging in certain business transactions. And that has ramifications yeah. on the way that business is done. So not that we shouldn't care, but because we care, it actually puts the onus on us to get more involved in, sh in spreading the gospel, in, yes. in helping bring about that transformation that will transform our society, that will transform our economy and our politics. Yes, yes, amen. Well said, well said. Let's go to chapter 19, verse 11, and let's see how this economy is, is affected. And Kelly, verse 11 onwards until you get tired, and we'll go to Jared afterwards. All right, sounds good. <laughs> now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant... Uh, Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. Also, this verse is very funny to me. Verse 15. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know. But who are you? Oh, classic mm -hmm. verse. Classic, I love that classic, verse so much. classic verse. It's kind, like sad. Kind of scary. Kind of sad. <laughs> kind of scary. Kind of, you know. But who, it's, it's pretty who, scary. Who are, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, haha, oh, wait, that might happen. Okay, Jed, verse 16. <laughs> verse 16. Uh, then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them, appropriately, mm -hmm. and the, the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds, and many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and mm -hmm. burned them in the sight of all, and they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Okay, so there's, a, there's some, I mean, our reaction to this, a lot of, some humor, some freaking out, um, and hopefully we're all worshiping the Lord Jesus and the fear upon us all. Let's, let's juice that in a bit. What's going on there, Jared? So I think it's, it's important from the very beginning, Luke mentions that these are unusual miracles, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Mm -hmm. There are Because you whole... have your usual miracles and you have your unusual <laughs> well, miracles. Most miracles are unusual. This is like next level unusual. Mm. Like and I, I appreciate the fact that he says that because there are people who manipulate other people of faith mm. into thinking that some of these things are the genuine article. So, mm. you know, buy some of this potion or venerate this person's bones or do this and that. And there is intrinsic, Morality I guess, like spiritual power in this, you know, Paul blew his nose on this handkerchief, <laughs> you know, or well, maybe he didn't. But anyway, <laughs> they, they took it out and people are being healed. Why? Because this yeah. belongs to Paul and virtue is coming from Paul. Yes. That's not the case. Yeah. And as the story goes on, it becomes very clear that the name of Jesus is not just some magic word that you mm -hmm. say to get you, yourself out of a problem mm -hmm. or that's going to invoke some spiritual power. Mm -hmm. It was the relationship that they had with Jesus. Mm -hmm. It was the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in their lives because they'd surrendered to him that brought this spiritual power and not just because you say some, some magic words mm -hmm. or have some amulet in your pocket. Mm -hmm. Amazing point to that too is it's not just this magical word. I mean, they end up like burning their magic books, right? right. So clearly yeah. it's not a magic word. Mm -hmm. And also le it leads to reform. So it's not just like, oh, these are cool miracles. Great. 
great miracles. But they're like they come and confessing their deeds. There's fruit, and there's, yeah. yeah, there's it's actually leading to the gospel being into people's lives, mm-hmm. not just like oh this Jesus guy sounds cool, mm-hmm. but people's lives are being changed. And I think that's really indicative that it's it's true ministry mm-hmm. because it's leading to reformations, not just sold out shows or something mm-hmm. like that. Right. You know, what I what I love about this passage, and it, it keeps on going, but I just I just I just I, I love it so much that. Um, there, it seems like in the world that, that, that religion and spirituality is prevalent in every society out mm-hmm. there. It ha- and then there's, there's, there's postmodern movement, there's atheism and whatnot, but still at the core, every human being, every society has had a religious or a sp- spiritual component to them. And then there's economies that are based to, to flourish off of this spiritual bent that human beings have. Right. And some of these societies actually make money off of these mm-hmm. things. And the Bible is implicitly against these types of businesses, this kind of economies. And I love that when, when the gospel comes in, they throw away, throw away their books of, uh, of, of magic, and they even gives like a money, uh, what is it, in verse, 50, uh, verse, 20, verse 19, 19. 50,000 pieces of silver that's and you can convert the silver to USD or whatever your currency is. And <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a huge, you know, and that's the end of that industry. Mm-hmm. And could it be that if biblical Christianity were to go forward, how many, indus- or which industries, mm. which, which entertainment <laughs> uh, components would just... Crumble. Crumble. Mm. Yeah. And I, I mean, not, not just goodness. what industries would be affected. The, the sad commentary is that there are Christian religions that make money off of the name of Jesus. Yes. Right? Like what these guys are trying to yes. do. Right? And, and if the demons could cry out, they'll be like, Paul, I, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Right? <laughs> You're busy up in here trying to make money off of the name of Jesus. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate and it's sad, um, but it's a reality that we see. But I think the hope in this text is that it won't go on forever. You can't, you won't make money off of the name of Jesus and get away with it forever. Mm, yeah. Like there comes an end to that. Mm-hmm. Or I, I, I think um, building on that idea, superficial spirituality, mm-hmm. where you're just taking the name of Jesus and you're using it for whatever reason, right. political positioning or social this or, or whatever, um, that's dangerous business. Mm-hmm. Um, there are real spiritual realities beyond that, mm-hmm. and we ought not to take shows, the name of Jesus lightly. Mm-hmm. I said mm-hmm. verse 16 is just like, that's that's what ends up happening to us when we don't actually have Jesus. Mm. But yeah, I mean, we're not like, oh yeah, I'll just mess around with some demons, and like I'll cast mm-hmm. them out. If you are not surrendered to the Lord Jesus, <laughs> yeah. you will be overpowered and become naked and wounded. So don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> don't Going back to verse 15, <laughs> the verse 15 kind of, you know, you get a little bit of goosebumps of, 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 mm. of freaking out there from verse yeah. 15. Uh, for me, Jesus, I know, which shows you we, we live in a great controversy. There are evil spirits out there. They know the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. They are afraid of the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. They, they, they know what they their will end will be because of the Lord Jesus. Yep. The second pra- phrase is Paul, I know, which shows you there are some key human beings that they're mm-hmm. very well acquainted with. Mm-hmm. Perhaps they, they have not gotten the victory over this, this, this man or they, they place more emphasis. I, I don't know what it is, but he's on their radar. Mm-hmm. And the third one is that who are you? <laughs> It's, it's kind of hilarious. Yeah, there are some people that are not on not the, on the devil's radar. This guy does not, like not about pose you. a threat. This guy does not yeah. pose a threat. Yeah. Right? And they know he's just playing. Yeah, they know. Which is, this is just a it, weird thing. It's a great way. Yeah, it's, like, it's terrifying but hilarious. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah. 
And the question is, which which side do you? I mean, you you, can't, you one side is like you don't want to be on, be on the radar, radar, radar but if you want you want to be on Jesus's radar at yeah. the end of the day. I remember yeah. when I started doing um, ministry and a lot more way. Like I started doing a lot of mission trips internationally. Mm -hmm. My mom took me aside and she's like, "I'm really scared for you to do this." I'm like, "Mom, I'll be fine. Like Jesus will be with me." And she's like, "Yeah, like that's true." But I know that you doing this, you are making yourself a target mm -hmm. for the devil. Mm -hmm. And that scare you know, it's my mom. So I say she's really scared. Sure. And but it's it's a good point though, like it's in a way it's encouraging, like we should be known of the devil because we should be a threat to his kingdom. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't know it, to Jared's point, like what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Devil's like, I mean, I got this one, so I don't have to worry about him because He's no threat to He's me. my buddy. Yeah, exactly. He's my buddy. He's like, oh, and he thinks he's not even better. Mm. Um, so wow. we should be a threat to the kingdom of God. Yeah, amen. Or sorry, to amen. the devil's kingdom. Well, the, the, yeah, devil God. Yeah, the, other, okay. the other kingdom. I the ruined kingdom. it. <laughs> I like let's, let's fast forward here. Let's go to verse 26 here, and I'll read here. Moreover, this is chapter 19, verse 26 of the book of Acts. Moreover, you see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but throughout almost all Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people. People, saying that they are not gods, this is their product, the, the idol of mm -hmm. Diana, are not gods which are made with hands. So not only is this trade of ours uh, in danger of falling into disrepute, but also the temple of our great goddess Diana may be despised and her magnificence destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worship. Mm -hmm. And then verse 28, this is where the riot happens. Now when they heard this, they were full of wrath and cried out saying, Great is Diana of the mm -hmm. Ephesians. And these are, this is the merchant men of all the city coming together. There's some, some, some lessons here, yeah? Um, for me, what I see is one, are they using religion as a means to justify their daily income? Yes. And you flip it around, <laughs> is it possible that biblical Christians may, may fall into this habit? That's something mm -hmm. that, that makes me wonder. Mm -hmm. um, are we here just to curse, um, continue our institutions and our flow of income and then use piety as a reason for that. Yeah, I, I, I see in this, in this narrative in Ephesus is this contrast between what's been happening in Acts where mm. the disciples submit themselves to God and they're willing to be used of the Holy Spirit and so the gospel goes out with power. And here you have this contrast where um, you have these people trying to use God, right? Mm. Mm. And, and I think that to speak to what you're saying about us as Christians, how it's possible that we could try to use God to our ends as opposed to be willing to be used by Him mm. to His ends and, and submitting ourselves to His leading for what, what His mission is and what He's trying to accomplish. And if we don't do that, we're in danger of becoming, you know, these people, the, mm. the seven, mm -hmm. seven mm -hmm. sons. Sure. Okay, I saw you were breathing in, so I think you were going to breathe <laughs> out. I was, I was reflecting on what you yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. Well, my, my, I just, this passage for me, I really get excited that uh, for those of you who are out there watching and you've been watching this episode, if you need to get rebaptized, go out there, find your nearest pastor, your elder, your deacon, your best friend, and find out on how or what process or what, whatever you've got to go through to get rebaptized and start your new relationship with Jesus. But for the rest of us, let's go out there and let's go disrupt economies and industries and societies based on the Word of God. Amen. 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 Got amen from two of my three, three panelists here. Hopefully you're going to say amen at home. We'll see you next week on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. 
For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is Inverse.